This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Can you believe that we are already in the first week of 2022? Me neither. If you're anything like me, the start of a new year can be so exciting, but can quickly become overwhelming. Clients, projects, so many opportunities for growth can lead to scope creep, even with the best late plans. Hey, I'm Amy Lochran, and I'm the Director of Coaching at the Ops Authority. If you've ever felt the way I have in the past, well, I would love to invite you to join us on January 24th for our five-day sprint, the Scope Creep Solution. Together, we will learn how to stop scope creep before it starts and resolve it if you're already facing challenges. And then we're going to set boundaries for your future with your clients. If you're a female service provider in the online space, you do not want to miss this event. Head over to scopecreepsolution.com and let's make 2022 our best year yet. We will see you there. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to episode number 137 of the Ops Authority Podcast. I'm really excited to have you here. Not only do you get to have just a front row seat to one of the most amazing women in our space and in my world, I get to share Miss Abby Ashley with you today, but we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to both of us because we have been in this exact same place, but it's also a question that we get a lot from people who are joining our Ops Insiders group, as well as people who are coming through the DOO certification. When they come to the certification and they've gathered all these new upgraded skills to take into their career or in their own business. The next question is, okay, so how do I get a client? We've been talking all about visibility. And of course, being visible is one of those things that you're going to put greater emphasis on once you get that client. So I kind of want to reverse us a little bit and take all these skills and trainings that you have been devouring because I know you, you're a fact finder. You like lust after learning. You just won't stop learning, which is always going to be a benefit for you. But because you do that, I want to stop you a little bit and say, you know what? Learning is great, but we still have to take that action to secure that first client because that's really the sales part of that relationship, moving from a conversation to inviting someone to trust you inside of their business. That's what's really going to propel you forward, not only in applying the learnings that you have received, but also in that there's some momentum that just happens here, that magic that happens that gives you the confidence to do that again and again and again. And before you know it, you have built a very sustainable business where you are earning what you want, maybe even more than you ever dreamt of in a way that feels really, really organic for you. And that's exactly what both myself and Abby would love for you. 
before we dive in to getting into our conversation with Abby, I want to give you just a quick bio. You probably don't need one because I really feel like she's a pioneer in the education space for service providers, specifically for virtual assistants. But in case you have never met her, I want to give you a little bit of a background. Abby Ashley is a speaker, a blogger, and the CEO of The Virtual Savvy. Her signature program, The Savvy System, is an online training program that helps virtual assistants start and grow their businesses from scratch. It's her passion to make freelancing fun, and she does that oh so well. For her, that means more freedom, more flexibility, and more time to spend with her family. So I can tell you guys, we have both been in business for about six years. We have... Oh man, just so many great stories that overlap over this time period. But as I was getting into business, I remember finding Abby's work when I was trying to figure out what this whole world was like. I know we all have that moment of like, what? I really feel like Abby helped me to define what this space could like. And she helped me to see potential. And this is really in the infancy of what she is doing today as well. So you take us back six years. She was just one step ahead of me. And even at that point, she was showing me what was possible. And I really feel super honored to have her here and also honored that we have maintained a really strong friendship and and lots of good memories as we have navigated the land of service providership. And then also moving in and transitioning from being a service provider to leading and mentoring other service providers. And the virtual savvy is just one of the most sound communities, if not the most sound community out there for service providers of all levels. And so with that, Abby, thank you so much for being here, friend. Thank you. That intro was like so beaming, man. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) <laughs> All deserving, my friend. Well, as you heard, we I want to talk to people about how you help your community to find their first or next client. So even if you're a veteran entrepreneur or a veteran freelancer here, I know that we're always focused on bringing in that next client and it could be your first client. So give us Abby's method to yeah. making that happen. For sure. Well, first of all, I want to... Thank you for having me here. I love your community. We refer people to it all the time. And I just really love what you're doing here. So props to you and your awesome people. Yeah. So when it comes to getting your first or your next client, I might even start with what not to do. And this is my opinion, if that's okay, because I feel like the majority of us service providers, people who are launching our own businesses, There's a lot of people out there who are ready, right? We have chosen our services. We've chosen a rate. We've created some packages. And there's something that happens right in that phase where you are about to, it's like, it's ready to launch or it's ready. Like I'm ready to market. I'm ready to be open for business. And it's literally the place where we see the most people get stuck. Because honestly, marketing is freaking scary. (laughs) Getting yourself out there, especially if this is the first time that you've really told people about your business, it can be truly terrifying. And so first of all, just know that you're not alone, right? I think that that's a huge part. It's totally normal for people to feel this way. We always call it the first client hump (laughs) because it's like, just get over that because something happens when you get that first client that it's like, oh, okay, like I, I can do this. There's like this empowerment, even if your first client, I'll be really real. Even if your first client is terrible, it's like, 
oh, but I still got a client. I still got somebody to say yes, which I think is really great. So that first client hump. And, and when it comes to something not to do, then we can go through kind of some of our strategies that we teach people on what to do. When it comes to what not to do, in my opinion, is just don't let yourself get stuck in that place of needing perfection before you quote unquote launch, right? One of the things that we say, it's actually one of our core values here at the Virtual Savvy is action over perfection. And there's something so powerful about taking that first imperfect step. And I think some of us are like, I can't tell people about my business yet because my systems aren't perfect or my website isn't perfect, or I just don't know if my pricing is a hundred percent what I want it to be. And a hundred percent perfection, comfort, whatever it is that you're feeling that you're needing before you get out there is just not even reality. Right. And so just knowing that, that, that like feeling in the pit of your stomach being like, Oh, I feel like I'm going to puke when I talk about talking about my business for the first time. Just know that it's normal and what not to do is not to feel like you have to have everything absolutely perfect before you at least start telling people about your business. So, 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 so good. I want to tell everybody here. I know I've shared this before. I made my first four, five and six figures of my own business without ever having anything but a Facebook page. I didn't have a website. I didn't have much less a sales page or even a lead page with specific Mm -hmm. offers on them. I really stayed open. I what I zoned in on is understanding, you know, what my skills were and how I could help people. Mm-hmm. Tried to understand who it is that I wanted to serve and of course I got more clarity as I moved through with just more experience. Yep. But at the very beginning, I you know, we love a system. We love someone to tell us exactly what to do. At this point, you're not setting up a massive brand where you're trying to sell 4 million pairs of Spanx, okay? Yep. We are selling services and we don't need to sell 4 million of anything. At this point, we're talking about your first or your next client. And I love the reminder of just scraping off the perfection that naturally comes to us. So Abby, in our community, we have got a lot of fact finders. You have our people on your team. So Uh you know that we do tend to scratch that perfection itch, but it will slow you down. And that's the last thing that you need. Her advice of perfection action over perfection is it's exactly what you need. That's how you're going to move forward. And you have to know if you're getting frustrated at yourself, that things aren't happening as fast as you want them to double check, ask yourself, what am I being so perfect about? Yep. There will be so many times. So we go live in our community every Tuesday and it's literally like without fail. People are like, how do you get clients? How do you get clients? Like in the comments. And a lot of times people will say, I've been in business six months and haven't gotten a first client okay, awesome. Like, that's fine. Tell me, like, what are you doing right now to actively market? And there's just kind of this like, um, because a lot of times people will, you will be in business for six months, but really you've been trying to choose your brand colors, changing your logo for the 14th (laughs) time, you know, setting up your website. So it's perfect. And that's what you've been doing. So if, and that's why I tell people, you know, the marketing ball, get it rolling as soon as possible. I mean, literally like the day you decide to start your DOO business or your virtual business, whatever it is, right. Whatever you decide to do, any business, like just at least throw something on Facebook. Like I'm so excited. I'm going to start this, but yep. <laughs> you don't have to know all the details. You don't have to know X, Y, Z what's going to happen. But I think just the act of just starting getting that marketing ball rolling, because 
once it goes faster and faster and faster and faster, like it takes time to get momentum, right? And so if you can start that timeline earlier, the better. So I'm always like quick to market, quick to market, quick to market is what we try to get our people doing. I've never seen where it didn't pay off. So describe or define what marketing, the way that you're using yeah. the term marketing right now. I think that there are just so many, you know, for those of us who, who like to study digital marketing and all of this and, and just have been aware of marketing as we have moved forward, you know, I think marketing can be very stiff and like layers and layers of social media and podcasts and all of these complicated things. But Mm -hmm. when you're talking about marketing right now, Abby, what, tell me, describe or define that. Great question. Okay. So I feel like this can get really confusing because anybody who enters into the online space, you automatically get inundated with, I mean, I get it because these are the ads I'm getting on Facebook, start a podcast you need to be on every, like get, you know, in Entrepreneur Magazine, start a YouTube channel, build an email list. And you're like, I have to do all these things. Okay. So when it comes to service providers, we are providing one-to-one services. And it's exactly what you said earlier, Natalie, is that like, if you were starting a blog, you need hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people to come to your site in order to make really substantial income for people to click on your ads or get their sponsorships or whatever, right? The beauty and why we tell people to start with services of service-based businesses is that you can replace your income with fill in the blank for, for you, for your people. It's usually one client with, you know, for virtual assistants, which is mainly who I teach. It's, we tell people it's depending on the size of the package you're selling. A lot of times it's four to seven clients is what like traditional freelancers can produce a full-time income with. So instead of getting thousands of people to say yes, you need to get four people to say yes. And you're one person to say yes. So you don't need to market to the masses. And I think that's what gets so confusing in the beginning is because it's like, I am an online service provider, which means I need to do all these online methods. And in my opinion, the best way to start is just that one-to-one personal relationships. You know, so when I say marketing, it's really just relationship building a lot of times and just telling the people. Okay. So our number one strategy, we call it the friends and family email. You've probably seen something very similar, but it's effective and people skip it. And then they're like, I don't have clients with friends and family outreach. Like, you know, and so essentially (laughs) it's an email or, and it, it could be an email. It could be that you have a coffee chat with somebody. It could be that you message stuff. It doesn't need to be in the box of an email per se, but we give like this copy and it's basically, Hey, I'm starting a virtual assistant business. I'm so excited. You know, here's the services I'm going to be offering. And either I know you're a small business owner, want to grab a coffee chat sometime. Boom. That's it. You have their, their call to action or it is, I know you're not a small business owner, but you may know of somebody who would benefit from my services. Would you mind passing along their info? And so there's kind of two different, and we literally are just like, just send this, send this to people, you know, cause you know, one small business owner, everyone knows one. It could be an insurance yes. agent. It could be, you know, a mom and pop shop, 
locally. It could be a health coach. You know one small business owner. So just like you know one small business owner, everyone you know knows one small business owner. So literally just by telling, even if you're like, Abby, I only have 10 friends. Okay, well then you probably have at least 10 prospects of people who could potentially be your client, right? And so, and it works a little different if your services are maybe for a certain niche or something. But man, for so many of us, we really underestimate the power of our own network. And so I always tell people, go there as a starting point. Yeah. So friends and family, I love the tip. When I started, that is exactly what I did. (laughs) I didn't have a method and I certainly could have used you back then. But I remember, and what I I called it project management because that's the best way I knew how to put this together. And it was... I really was looking at services and brick and mortars here in town. One of my very Mm -hmm. first clients was at a medical doctor's office who had some dysfunction going on in their office. I was kind of watching this as a patient. I was watching it. And then when I got in there with the doctor, I wasn't even trying to sell him. I was just like, you know, hey, did you know? And I didn't even, I was almost like dumbfounded when he said, Uh hey, would you do that kind of work for us? Because I was telling, oh my goodness. But it it has been very, very powerful. And, you know, we teach something very similar that, you know, people in your community, whether that's your neighborhood, your church, your friends group, your parents' friends group, your sister's friends group who own businesses. And put in business. Like if you're looking to get your first client or your next client, you don't need to niche down into a specific kind of person. At this time, you're trying to establish yourself and get the experience so that you then can niche down into what it is that you want to be doing, quote unquote, when you grow up, which I'm still on a 45 year journey of figuring that out. But friends and family, great first tip. What's the next one? Yeah. So next it's like a kind of like a a target, right? I zero in on the target. So what are the closest people that I could tell? So that could be announcing it on your Facebook page, like not even like your business Facebook page. I don't even care if you have a business Facebook page yet. I usually tell people to do it just so if somebody like people, people are Facebook stalkers. So they will be like, Oh, what's her place of work is this. What is this? You know, so I do think having a Facebook page is nice to have in the beginning. It's really easy to set up. So I do recommend that, but I don't like focus on huge socials. I'm like, don't worry about that. Especially if this is your first client, like don't worry about any of that. It's like the target in is just our, you know, my local, like my people, right. My network of people that are my friends and family people who would know people and they love me. So even like my aunt Sally, who is, you know, not a business owner, but she just loves me so much. And I know she's going to share it on her page, like tell her. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's the beginning. Next, I would move the circle out a little bit. And for me, it's, it's so funny because it's literally what, what you were saying is kind of that local network. Right. And so that could be a lot of different forms. It could be that you attend local networking events. That was how I got my first clients was literally I was living in the DC area and there were just networking events like crazy, right? So I would just show up to networking events, tell people I was a virtual assistant because that was what I was doing. And it, it was insane. Like people were, oh, tell me about that. What, you know, we, we need that, right? And so those local networking events were were huge for me. And I think for a lot of people, and I know we're in kind of like uncertain times with all of that, you know, and this is like basis off of your comfort level, but like when you feel comfortable, local networking events, I think are huge. And if there aren't any in your area, 
expand out. I literally would just go to like meetup.com and try to find local networking events. Some even in like COVID times are doing like virtual things in place. So it's still worth looking into no matter where you're at and look even a few hours out because it could be like, okay, once a month I drive three hours, but if it ends up in two or three clients for you at the end of the day, it'd be worth it, right? There's also the possibility of you starting your own, which is its own kind of beast. So it's okay if you're not ready for that. Again, I wouldn't do this as your first client necessarily starting a huge group, like start small, but there's something really empowering too about just going to some kind of event, a local chamber of commerce, a networking event, a conference, something, and people just ask you because that's why you're there what do you do? Yep. And there's something so empowering about like, actually you're like, Oh, now it's time. I have to do my elevator pitch. Here we go. You know? <laughs> and there's, this, there's something really empowering about saying like, Hey, I'm Abby Ashley and I help small business owners with X, Y, Z, you know, and there's something really empowering about doing that. So that would be step number two in my book. Yes. Something else I would add to that is co-working places in town. Mm, that yeah. was a really nice kind of community building space for me, where your mom, your aunt, your, you know, insert whoever that may be, may not really understand what you do when you say virtual assistant, or when you say freelancer, they may not understand that. But when you go into a co-working space, a lot of those people are work, all of them, I would say, are working remotely. And now you've kind of found an insular, a local network of people who do get what you do. And they have already done the hard work of establishing themselves. And so now not only can you be available for to service them or to have conversations with them, but they become a referral source, source for the people, whether they're local or not local, it doesn't really matter, but they're a great, I mean, that was a number one, a great community. Number two, a great referral source. And the one thing I really appreciated about that is they kind of already knew what virtual and remote work work meant. And that was, that was significant. That's awesome. And that's where, like, if I could draw a visual for you, I'm talking, we're talking about like a bullseye, right? So we've got your friends and family. We've got kind of this local networking and I have two more kind of rings to here, but imagine that bullseye and then imagine like a line going through all of them. And that line, in my opinion, would be referrals because the amazing thing that happens is once you start to do really great work, and this could be, you've done great work with just leads that came from friends and family. You did great work with leads that came from local networking. Once you start to do great work, word travels. And if you talk to anybody who's been doing a service-based business for two, three, five, 10 years, you say, what's your number one way to get clients? All of them are going to say referrals. It's literally like hands down. People say, oh, referrals, you know, I mean, that's it. Now you can't just get referrals necessarily out of nowhere. It takes you doing a great job, but just know that And I tell people this, I'm like, I'm sorry. It's just the catch 22 that we live with. Like once you get really great at quote unquote marketing your business, you almost don't have to do it anymore with service-based businesses because you get to a point where your good reputation, if you've done things right, will do the marketing for you. So I do think that that is, you know, just kind of like, if you can imagine that imagery of the bullseye, but knowing that the referrals is really what can take this to the next level. And there's some things that you can do. Obviously you can ask for referrals. You can kind of put incentives for referrals or a couple of things that you can do to kind of boost that. But the best thing you can do is just do really great work for the people that you work for. Yes. You will always stand out by over delivering Mm -hmm. on what it is 
beyond their expectations. And so, you know, at a minimum, we meet their expectations. And if you want to be truly referable and unforgettable, you exceed them. 100%. So, yeah, I really never marketed myself for about three years. I didn't have a blog. I didn't have all these no bells and whistles here. I had a Facebook business page that frankly never got anything, but it did have my email on it. It had a header I had made in Canva. It basically showed that I had a business and I was a real person, but I didn't have a website or anything like that. hundred percent. And that's why I tell, I'm like, I think it's good to create a Facebook page. If you want to, you know, have an Instagram too, that's fine. But in the beginning, it's just, so there's a difference. Active marketing and passive marketing. Passive marketing has its place, right? So active marketing is like, I am making one-to-one connections. I am asking my neighbor, Jim, who owns a business, if he wants to have a coffee chat and talk about myself, like that is active marketing. Passive marketing is I'm going to put this post on my Facebook page. I'm going to put it out there to my 30 followers of which 20 of them aren't even going to see it and just hope someone contacts me. Like that's passive marketing. It has its place for a huge business with tons of traffic. And I I don't disqualify that, but it's not where you're at now. And the stage you're in right now is those one-to-one connections. It's that active marketing. And so these rungs that we're talking about are active marketing channels. And you're not going to hear me say that you need to post more TikToks or more reels or get on whatever, you know, like start a YouTube channel, please don't yet. Abby, these people, my friends here that are listening today, we love (laughs) process and we love like checklist and to-do list. And so even if I tell them, don't worry about social because we have such opportunity. You know, we have people coming in to our social channels. We have people coming into our inboxes that we've subscribed to. Sometimes we're like, but it would be so cool to have a cool social presence and a big social presence. So mm-hmm. we'll go download people's how-to guides. And yeah. if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, man, that sounds so exciting. I remember feeling that way too. It's just a diversion from you actually having yeah. conversation. The, the theme that I'm hearing from Abby and something I know to be 100% true is your business will grow at the rate that you are having conversations, real conversations with people about your business. And so yep. that's the theme, no matter if it's your your close network, that, that bullseye in the center, or we're, we're moving out into the local. These are all the quality and quantity of the conversations that you're having. So what is that third run? Okay, so that third one, I believe is, don't hear me out, like a social element, right? It is a larger online marketing is basically what I would qualify that third rung to be, but not in a way of necessarily being your own content producer, but starting to engage in online communities. So that could be you get super involved in two or three Facebook groups. It could be that you search groups that post jobs. It could be that you join hiring platforms that post job opportunities like Hello Savvy. Uh, It could be that you... Just that you're looking for, you know, beyond your network, right? Beyond your local community. Let's move to that next rung, which is kind of just the online community at large and just starting to engage with people that aren't in your local community. So, I mean, we could talk about that for days of like the strategies behind that. But in my opinion, it just goes back to being super helpful, value first, just striking up conversations, finding commonalities, one of the best examples I saw of this is one time I posted in a group, I had gone to my Google analytics and I had no, I'm just not a metrics person. So I'm like, I don't know what this means. So I took a snapshot. I posted in a group and I was like, 
can someone tell me if this is like good? I don't know. Like, is there something like, is this a good bounce rate? I could have Googled it, but I wanted like people's feedback, you know? And a couple of people were like, yes, you know, this data, like small little snippets. A couple of people were like, I have services that blah, blah, blah. I was like, nah, that's not what I'm looking for. This one girl, she posted a three part like loom video dissecting not only my analytics, but going through my website and telling me how I could actually like improve my rankings and my, and I was like, how do I, I didn't even know I I didn't even want like a Google analytics expert, but I literally was like, how can I hire you? (laughs) Like, please. And, you know, and I think that that, and not everybody's for that. Not everybody teaches that method, but I'm all about value first. I would rather show super high value to one to two people a day, instead of like blasting my business blindly in 20 Facebook groups. My goodness. I, I feel like I'm following the path that you're laying out here because my first client was somebody local that I already shared with you guys. And then I really wanted to discover and learn more about online, you know, just, it was so new to me and it was kind of new and emerging at that point anyway, but there were very key Facebook groups that I just dove into because I was learning a lot. And I could also, it was what I call a healthy Facebook group where people were asking good questions that I could learn from. And at the same time, I felt comfortable asking questions and being guided and, and whatnot. And so find those places for you because me showing up, exactly like Abby just shared me showing up and helping somebody with operations or project management or business foundations or whatever your zone is. Whenever I would see those things, I would just like, I mean, I I could not wait to help them out organically and not, not in a weird, like salesy type of way. I would end up just getting on organic conversations and DMs and there's no method to this guys. I don't have a script for you, but right. they became, it's like me and Abby, that's how we met, right? We, we were in a, in a mutual Facebook group that was not owned by either one of us. And we became friends. We had an offline conversation before you know it, we were speaking at the same place. And those organic conversations for me, me showing up, really listening and helping doing the things I love to do, which is truly to help someone solve the problem that they're having. We created probably my first two dozen clients came from engaging in a Facebook group and becoming actually connected to them through a conversation. When someone comes back to me and says, Nat, I can't find clients. I've been certified or I've been doing this or, you know, I'm out of corporate and I've been here for seven weeks or seven months and I don't have a client. I'm always like, how many conversations have you had? I know you don't want to hear that because you're probably working on your website. How many conversations have you actually had? I know we've talked about this throughout the the episode today, Abby, but it's true for both of us. And I believe it's true for the entire industry. Have quality and quantity of conversations. You will get your next or your potentially your first or your next client. What's the fourth rung? All right, last one. And there are other ways to get clients, but these are like those personal touch methods that I think can just work so well. And if you really dive into these, even one at a time, I think they can yield amazing results. And it's basically taking that value first methodology and applying them to your dream clients, right? And so we call it high-end client targeting. And essentially, you might hear people sometimes that are like, come up with a list of your ideal client and like, what are the kind of shoes that they wear and what Netflix series are they binging? And that, like, 
I don't necessarily do that. Like, I just think really practically when I come up with like a dream client list, like mine are names. I'm like, I want to work with this person and this person. And, and it's all those emails that you follow, right? Like all the people that you subscribe to that you're getting their newsletters and you're like, oh, they're so awesome. What a dream it would be for them to be my client. Like, what if you pitched them, right? And so what we teach is a very like slow high-end way of doing that where it shows a lot of value first, but that was actually how I got my first dream client. I was obsessed with a guy named Brian Harris. I would read all of his blogs. I was obsessed with his business, not him. (laughs) I would read all of his blogs. I was just consuming his content like crazy. And it was like my go-to resource. And there was a day where I was like, what if like he could be my client, right? I spent two weeks working on a proposal. I didn't pitch anybody else for those two weeks. It's all that I worked on. I literally like took his blog post and created a course around his blog post, which I don't think he ever used, but it got past the gatekeeper of his virtual assistant. And he literally emailed me and was like, let's get on a chat. Mm-hmm. Ended up talking. He hired me to be a copywriter for him. And it was my high-end service at the time. Signed like my biggest package. And not only... Did I get to, you know, sell one of my biggest packages ever? I got to work behind the scenes of somebody who I had admired, who was running a business that I admired. I got to see behind the scenes of this type of business that I eventually would go on to do, which was like a course creation business. He would, you know, launch courses and make multiple six figures in a week. And I'm behind the scenes of this, getting paid to be behind the scenes of it, helping write the launch emails. I'm like, what is this, right? And so I think that that methodology, it can be rough because none of us like cold pitches and the way that I do it, I don't feel like it necessarily feels like a cold pitch. It feels like you're giving way more than you're asking, which is always, I mean, that's what people respond to, right? And so if you can, you know, the people that you really, really are like, that would be a dream. A lot of times if you just listen, right? Like, you listen to their podcast or you like kind of hang out on social, engage with them a little bit, they'll start to say stuff. They'll be like, yeah, we've done, fa- we've done Facebook ads, but they're not really working out. So we're trying this other thing. They're like, oh, they have a pain point. Like mm-hmm. I heard something in there. Like they need Facebook ads. And, you know, maybe if it's not even you at this point, hopefully you have a network of other people. It's like, I don't do Facebook ads, but man, I should tell so-and-so to like pitch them on ads in a really, really classy high-end way. Like, I really hope that you're not hearing like just send these like, I don't know, these posts that are like, please, my portfolio, please hire me. Like, no, value first pitches. It can really work. Those don't work. And whoever is teaching, like throw your portfolio at me. (laughs) I I don't understand how that fits in my business. And so anyway, I, man, that is so good. I am going to be real transparent that I had left corporate. I was a project manager. I was the chief of staff in a corporation. I left there and I looked at the online space and I thought, how am I going to fit in here? And it was project management. And I knew this skill, but I had no idea how to do it in this online space. And one thing that I knew, like event planning required a project plan and I was really good at it. And so I had, just like Abby just shared, I was following a lot of people out there and I got on a, I actually DM somebody. I was super nervous, so nervous, but it was on, if you call it that hit list of your top 10 kind of I felt like they were influencers and, you know, knowing what I know today, far from influencers, but definitely ahead of me already had an established business and a decent size audience. 
but I reached out via, I don't even know if they called them DMs back then, but it was in Facebook Messenger. Let's just call it what it was. <laughs> I reached out and I was like, hey, I can see you're about to put on this event. And it looks like, I mean, there were broken things, you know, I could tell like she was frustrated by some of the things. She just wasn't a planner. She's a visionary. And so I reached out and I shared, like I made a video and I was like, hey, this is a little bit about my experience. Here's how I think I could help you. I can see you've got this event coming up. And that was my very first high-end offer that I had shared. And it was for project management of events. And I did about six events in my first two years of online business. And that really allowed me to flex a muscle where I was really comfortable. Like project management wasn't really hard, but again, it was thoughtful. I wasn't sending these out. It was very customized. It was to this specific person. And um, that person is Dana Malstaff with the Boss Mom community. (laughs) And yes, and she was my first, I will say like big client, someone who was making far more than me and truly how Abby and I connected. So inside of that community. So so I I owe... Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, and you know what, ladies, as soon as I, I came into her business and I just created the project plan, and then we started to become really close friends. And she asked me to stay on as a project manager before you knew it. I was functioning as a director of operations or a chief of staff. And I became referable, not only to her, but other people who yeah. were at her events, et cetera, et cetera. And these layers of rings that Abby has just shared with us today are is truly a progression and it echoes what I have done. We did not pre-talk about any of this, by the way, no, no, when no. we hopped on this call. <laughs> so I, I want to tell you that this is something I can relate to every single layer that she has shared. And it's so easy to hop in here and say, you know, I want an audience. I personally want an audience as big as Abby Ashley's. Of course I do. I can tell her that right now, but it takes time and it takes different methodologies to do this. Had we skipped these four rings that both of us have in common, neither of us would have the community, the experience, and probably the depth that we have today. Because we went through those four rings, we were then able to layer on additional marketing tactics that may be kind of waving to you right now, like, you know, maybe standing out saying, oh, I'd love a podcast, or I'd love to write a book, or I'd love to be on a stage, or I'd love to speak in masterminds, or whatever that thing looks like for you. Just know there's a place for those. Those are marketing and visibility tactics and theories and strategies that are likely going to come up far after you have had many, many real conversations to the various audiences that Abby has described for us today. Anything you want to close on, Abby? No, that's all that I had. I loved this conversation. You know, you guys, there's so much value. So many of us were entrepreneurs, which many of us are visionaries in our own element. And we see all the things and we want to do all the things. And I think that what has kept me on track the most to having a successful thriving business is just focusing at the task on hand. Let me get really good at this one thing before I move on to the next. And even still, if you guys could see the list of things that I want to do in the future that I wish I could do right now, I get bored really easy. (laughs) And so if you could see the list, if you could see how many domains that I own, (laughs) you would know that I have had to have so much self-control to say, no, not right now. In its own time, it will come. Let me focus on what I know needs to be the task at hand right now. And if you can do that, you'll succeed. 
Absolutely. Don't overcomplicate this. Have quality conversations and know that the imperfection is actually what's going to move you forward. Even if your idealistic state, we'll call that perfection, you're not going to get there on your first run. So release yourself of it at the very, very beginning and just know, you know, you may pitch somebody and it may fall really flat, but guess what? The more Mm -hmm. you do it, the better you're going to get and always be open to coaching and feedback. That's going to come through so many different channels. So Abby, thank you so much for sharing all of this with our audience. I think it's really important for our community to hear from other leaders that are in this space and people who have just gone before them, me and other people here. So thank you so much, friend. I appreciate it. Let's wrap up. And I'm sure everyone knows exactly where to find you, but just in case they don't, let's make sure they know. Yeah, for sure. So we have tons of free resources on virtual assistants specifically over at thevirtualsavvy.com, a free webinar at thevirtualsavvy.com slash BBO. That's for become booked out. So we talk a lot more about marketing. We dive into some of the tactics that we talked about here. And then I also, if you don't mind, would love to tell people about our new hiring platform that's coming up. We plan to launch in April, 2022. You can get on the wait list at hellosavvy.com. It's going to be a place where clients can hire mission-minded freelancers. So if you are one of those mission-minded freelancers, then definitely you'll want to be on the wait list so you can join the platform. Yes, that's going to be perfect for every single person here, regardless of what you offer. There's going to be specialties. There's going to be generalists yes. there. And we've been talking about how to get <laughs> how to get booked and how to find your first or next client. That's going to be another. When we talk about those rings, we're going to have to add that additional ring there, which is leveraging platforms that are doing the work to bring your future clients together. And so I know that this is going to be super powerful and just so helpful. It's just going to help people move forward faster. I'm really proud of you for adding this on, Abby. You've already got a very successful built business and I'm excited to see this second business come to life and be a big supporter of you and Melissa and the crew at this next juncture. Yes. Thank you. We're really excited. Yes. Awesome. So ladies, we'll be communicating with you guys about that wait list. We'll also have some details inside of our show notes, but when that goes live in April, I want our entire community right there with Abby. Ladies, you guys have a fantastic week and we will see you next or you'll hear from us next week. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.